This is an AMI podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2023. Honest. Today, we're back into your emails. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Yeah, Sean, have you ever walked into a room, sat down and thought, hmm, what day is it? Uh, why am I here? And why yes. am I here? Yeah. Every time I walk into this shed with you, Stephen Scott. Now, let me ask you a question. Yes. You now know the date. Do you want to just double check that? What is the date today? Uh, it is officially the yes. 20th of December. And mm. it is a, tu- no, it's not. It's a Wednesday. Wednesday. Good. <laughs> Have I left it too late to get a haircut booked? Oh, that's a great question. It is a great question. Thank you. That's why we're here, asking the hard-hitting questions. No, it is a great question because I have been thinking exactly the same thing. So I uh, texted my barber. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Ladida. What, you've got a direct (laughs) connection to your barber? Well, yeah. So the thing is, after the pandemic... Well, not after the pandemic, because I don't think it's ever really gone away, has it? Or has it? I don't know. Uh, well, it depends who you ask. I'm um, not touching that one. No, let's just on. move on. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Sanitize your hands, sing happy birthday, whatever. Um, so What? Yeah, because you had to do that. Remember, you had to wash your hands, you had to sing happy birthday three times, whatever it was. And that was that was that meant that you oh, knew yeah. your hands no, were you're sanitized. Right. Sorry. No, I thought you were talking rubbish, but you're not. Well, no, done. no, I, well, I am talking rubbish, but you know, it was based on facts. Can we get back to the the main yeah, point of right, okay. getting a haircut? So after the pandemic, or before it, or during it, or whatever, uh, basically our barber set up a uh, a booking system so that if you wanted to go for a haircut, instead of doing what we'd always do, which would just turn up, sit in a queue, wait, oh. and then oh. be you know called upon and get your haircut. Um, yeah, well, exactly. So they they changed it. They brought in this booking system, and it was actually very popular. And it worked really well. So ever since it continued, the only issue was it was all done through Facebook and through some weird website thing. And the booking system, I couldn't really get to grips with. Not so, accessible. Not very accessible, no. So so he said to me, he said, look, what I'll do is I'll do it for you. All you got to do is just text me, tell me roughly when you'd like a haircut, and I'll book you in. And I thought, oh, I've got like secret access to the barber. That's like having that special black credit card for Nando's or whatever it is. American Sorry. Chicken Express. No, it's it's uh, for celebrities. Uh, Nando's is worldwide, isn't it? Surely. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, anyway, I, I don't do Nando's. The point being, I, can I just say, for one thing, the uh, the point of so much anxiety in my life was that old-fashioned barbers queuing. Ladies, you just don't understand. We had to go into the barbers and just, there was no queuing system. There was no names or anything. No, no structure. Tickets. No, no. You just take a seat. And by using your vision, you had to see who was in front of you. Using your you, eyes? Using your eyes. It was a nightmare. The amount of times I had to stand up. Oh, no, not me yet. Sit back down. Oh, can you give me a shout when it's me? And then just get funny looks. It was awful, sir. That's why I've started to go to ladies' hair salons. Oh. Well, do you know, it's funny you sit. Oh, I can't believe we're having this conversation. I did exactly <laughs> the same thing. But I didn't know I'd done it. I'd gone to a oh. barber. I thought it was a barber round from my work when I used to work for the RNIB and there was one just around the corner and I went in one day and the, the reason I'd gone in 
was because for some bizarre reason or whatever, I had met the person who was the, the main hairdresser. And she was a lovely woman. And I, she had said to me, anytime you're passing by, come in if you want your haircut. And I thought, well, I suppose that makes sense from a, you know, a barber. That would make sense, right? Yes. So, <laughs> generally goes together no pretty well. No suspicion there. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so fine. this day I'd gone in and she said to me, okay, first things first, uh, you know, give me a jacket. I said, excellent. And she said, uh, now my colleague here will get you a cup of tea. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, that's when you know. Yep. Right. And, and so I didn't realise I'd crossed the Rubicon into Oof. a new, I, I don't know what that means, but it sounds good. It's a drink. It, yeah. <laughs> I'd cross from exactly. I'd cross from Rubicon to tea, and um, yeah. So I got this cup of tea, and then she said to me, "If you'd like to come over here," and she uh, encourages me to take her arm, and she oh. takes me to a seat where my hair is washed. That's it. That's exactly the point I was going to make. That's how you know. Hang on, this isn't for me, because they offer to wash your hair. What's that about? That's new. I know. So they washed the hair. Which was yep. very nice, very relaxing. Yeah. And then she says to me, would you like a biscuit with your cup of tea? Oh, it's like, it's, it's so different. It's, it's paradise, basically. Okay, so zoom forward a bit. So then she cuts my hair. That's all nice. Had the tea, had the biscuit. Then I get to the till. Yep. And what I normally pay has been trebled. Oh, trebled just. I know. Absolutely amazing. But you know what? Worth it. I feel like ten pounds, and now I'm paying thirty pounds, and I'm thinking, hang on, this cup of tea has cost me twenty pounds. Okay, I got a biscuit as well. Yes, and you also get some lovely um, scalp massages in there. Well, with the hair no, not twenty quid's worth, if I'm perfectly honest. Oh, but you know, okay, okay fine. Okay, right, you start to get picky, then, don't you? It's like, hang on a minute, I don't feel this was value for money as much as you think <laughs> it is. But yeah, that was it. So I, I'm the same. I ended up going to a ladies' hair salon. I have to say, very nice. Very I'm, nice. I'm all for a, a bit of pampering. Yes, uh, exactly. I haven't got my nails done yet or anything like that, but, you know. I know, I've been thinking it. about it. I know, because it's like, well, that'd be quite nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on the television Anyways, yeah. I've got to look my best. Well, basically, yes. So um, I need my haircut is what I'm saying. <sighs> yeah. Well, good luck with that, because my, my barber came back to me and he said, nothing, no slots, that's it. It's all taken until oh. New Year. So, yeah. Never okay. mind. Okay. Fine, it's all good. Can Hello, you tell there's no news listeners? again? Um, yes. So <laughs> we're back to where we were on Monday, I'm afraid. <laughs> no news to share. Uh, yeah, no, no movement either in the Apple story. Uh, it seems like that is going to happen. It seems that they are going to be uh, having to stop and suspend sales of the Apple Watch Ultra 2 and Series 9 from uh, the end of the month, or actually next week, actually. Um, Only the, in the America so far. Only in America so far. Um, I wonder how this would work with an international... Because it's the International Trade Commission, right? So you'd wonder, would well, yes, this affect I mean, international? I mean, it's not like it's uh, there's any recalls going on, so it would be only for future sales, right? It's a halt to future sales. So I don't think it would affect, until the case is sorted out, it wouldn't affect anyone who's already bought one, for example. Hmm. Mm. I tell you what, as, as well, you mentioned uh, previously when we were talking about this story about the, the hardware inside and how the blood oxygen sensor may be different in the Series 9 because blood oxygen monitoring has been available since Series 6. On yeah, the Watch. yeah. And you mentioned as well about the double tap hand gesture, which Apple made a big thing about for the Series 9 and Ultra 2. And I'm still confused by this because... Um, 
when I was looking into the hand gestures on the Apple Watch, I've got a Series 7 or Series 8, I can't actually remember. One of the actions you can assign is actually called Magic Tap. So you can replicate exactly that, that gesture from uh, the Series 9 and Ultra 2 on yeah. any Apple Watch that supports hand gestures. That's weird, right? I mean, Which is why the Series is 4 and uh, 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 the Apple Watch SE and the Ultra 1 onwards. So all those support hand gestures. It's strange to me, right? I, I don't know. It's, again, it seems to me we're going back to the, the days of Siri where the 4S got it and the 4 didn't or something like that. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't impossible for the other phones to get it. It just That's right. was only yes, available it was software those. locked, basically. Mm. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Interesting. Well, anyway, I want to go back to the emails because uh, we, we do get emails every day, actually. Uh, you know, well, yes, email. absolutely. We get, oh, we, do, we get email. We get I'm not singing it. No, not am I. I refuse to. Here's your mail today. There. Is everyone happy now that the email's in saying, please, for the love of God, do not sing? Was that better? No, it wasn't. I think it was probably it? was better. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, sorry. You're I think welcome. It was. Uh, well, listen, Mark wants to get uh, in touch with us. Uh, he's in Miami. Hello, Mark in Miami. No <gasps> way. Can how you imagine cool is how, that? I'm, you know what? That is a nice place to be, right? Um, well, possibly. I have no idea. Only references Miami. Miami Vice and Scarface. I've, uh, right, okay. Maybe not then. Uh, I've uh, I've been to Miami once. I've been <laughs> to the airport. Of course you have. Airport. Uh, but that doesn't count, does it? It does count. I've, I've, I've touched... The airport in Miami. That means officially it, I've been there. Not, that's not Miami, unless you're strolling down the beaches looking uh, at things. Then it is not <laughs> a trip to, to Miami in your Speedos, obviously. Oh, no, definitely not. No, I was there wishing I had shorts on because I'd worn uh, trousers. I'd travel from Orlando to <gasps> Miami to fly back to the UK. And, uh, yeah, it was, and it, you know, you just got that feeling. Even just being in the airport, I just got the feeling of this, mm. the sound of Miami, the feeling of it, the oh, smell, the, the sound machine, yes. Uh, but Gloria Stefan on the background, very nice. Oh, beautiful. Oh, but yeah, I couldn't, couldn't visit. So maybe next time, maybe next time. Anyway, the point is, Mark's in Miami, <laughs> and <laughs> he uh, wanted to share his thoughts on uh, the usefulness of the Apple Watch. I wanted to add to what Sean said about the Apple Watch. I am a voiceover user and have a Series 7. Here are my highlights. Fitness. I swim a lot and the Apple Watch tracks my workouts. All the data is easily accessible on my phone. Health. The Apple Watch tracks heart rate and other health factors that can be viewed in the health app and shared. Apple Pay. At least here in the US, Apple Pay is accepted almost everywhere and I find the watch easier to use than the phone for making purchases. Alarm clock. This is underrated. I can set an alarm that will vibrate on my wrist and will not wake up other people. Every once in a while, I use the Apple Watch to answer a call or pause double tap if I don't have my phone nearby. I have turned off most notifications since I need to focus at work. Mark, in Miami Beach. Yeah. Actually on the beach. Actually, well, Miami Beach, that's a place, isn't it? It's no, not it's not a, a place. It's not no. a beach. He's not living well, on place. the beach. He's not it's like in a the tent beach. on Mark the beach. In, Mark on Miami Beach. Anyway, um... Is yeah, that no, joke in there? Sorry, I missed no, it entirely. No, no, just saying. Okay. It's the beach. Miami is the beach. Anyway, thank you, Mark. Um, mm. No, I, I agree. The only thing I never use is the alarm clock because I always put it on the charger at night. 
Um, I've got to say, I think the battery life isn't too bad now on the mm. Apple Watch. I don't know if that's mainly to the software or the new generation that I'm using, as I, I don't actually know if it's eight or seven. Um, but I don't find it too bad. I tend to stick it on the charger when I go for a shower for 15 minutes or whatever it may be. And that tops it up nicely and it will last me throughout the day. But I never wear it in bed. I always leave it on the charger. But other than that, yeah, I think the health tracking is absolutely fantastic. I think also turning off the notifications on it as much as you can is probably a good idea because although you get notifications across your watch or your phone, you can, if you miss a notification on your phone, it's often because the watch got it first. That can be a problem. And, you know, you're not always paying attention to your watch. I mean, I must admit, I think there's sometimes can be so many notifications, you get notification blind. You just don't even notice them anymore. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, Did getting, you- you get, it's funny, every time I put the watch on, I get the same activity message. I get the same one telling me, you know, something that happened yesterday that, you know, it seems to happen every single day. I'm unaware of a reminder from somewhere that just seems to pop up and tell me to remind me to do something I should have done 10 years ago. So, you know, I ignore that. And then after that, I just get these messages all the way through the day. And the problem is I'm not really focusing on the messages because there's so many. It's just like, do you know what? Whatever, you know, just forget it. And I don't even check the watch. So actually turning off the notifications Mm. or being very prescriptive on what those notifications can be like a specific app that you absolutely want to know is, is, you know, the messages are coming from. But it can be the same on the iPhone, right? Do you automatically allow notifications from every new app you install? Because I tend no. to, but I've stopped. Yeah, I've stopped oh, I don't, doing I don't that, do that now because yeah, it just gets uh, there's an avalanche, and you just tend to ignore them all then and miss the important or any important ones that may be there. The one that used to always get me was Game Center. I don't even use Game Center. I don't even know what Game Center is. But I would get all these notifications at the beginning. I used to get all these notifications from Game Center. And it would it would say, you know, oh, you know, you haven't played a game in 13 years. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't play games. I don't have any interest <laughs> in, in this years. whatsoever. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm shouting at my watch and my phone saying, I had an Atari ST once. Leave me alone. <laughs> I like to run. Is that available? I miss, what I miss about the Apple Watch is the ability to control all my smart devices. That would be a really good use for, for me for that. But we're waiting for the matter protocol to, yeah, to really yeah. hit i mean what are we waiting for surely it should just be update everything and suddenly hey i can now turn it off and on on my apple watch i've got a light on in here at the moment uh an elgato was it key light um really bright but the only way i can turn it on or off is by opening the app on my phone and it's got to be connected to the studio wi-fi in order to do it it's a real pain if i could just tap on my apple watch here it would be so much easier but well, you I can't do that. You could, I suppose, but you'd have to set up something through like IFTTT. Yeah, or, no, I'm not doing that. That's, that, not, that's the whole point why smart homes are. Yeah, exactly. It scares people off. It should be simpler than that. Absolutely. This is the problem. Like I've said this for so many uh, Finally, you're coming around to my way of thinking on this, Priest. Oh, no, finally. I must be wrong. Okay. <sighs> uh, listen, Paul, uh, thank you for that, Mark. Uh, hope Miami Beach is pleasant. Uh, Paul has got in touch with us. Uh, he wants to share his thoughts on Apple Watch as, uh, as well. Uh, burglar alarms uh, and banking and uh, garroting by tinsel. Wow, that's a, that's wow, a title a and a half. Right. Happy Christmas, everyone. Here's Paul. Hi, Stephen and Sean and Laura. I'm loving the fluff. I wanted to respond on a few points that other listeners have raised recently. 
Apple Watch. I agree that it's a luxury device that many folks could do without. I have the Apple Watch Series 9 and was disappointed to find out that the new double tap feature, to pinch and clench, worked inconsistently and didn't work at all with podcast apps like Overcast. A poor experience for voiceover users at present. Burglar alarms. I have a ring doorbell and also a ring burglar alarm. I know what Stephen and Sean mean when they said that accessing the live feed of the doorbell and trying to talk back to a visitor on your doorstep has mixed accessibility. However, the burglar alarm is largely accessible and I was able to set it up myself. May require sighted assistance for some less confident. And then using on an ongoing basis is fully accessible. I'd highly recommend other vision impaired folks get one if you're in the market for a new burglar alarm that they can fully use for a change. Banking apps. A listener had asked a question about which banking apps others had found to be accessible. I happen to be the accessibility head of a big bank in the UK. I don't want to badmouth other banks, but in general terms, most of the big banks have accessible mobile apps, although the registration process may have one-off barriers that may require sighted assistance to get over, e.g. taking snapshots of your photo ID. The new challenger banks like Monzo, Starling and Revolut are more modern and mobile only, generally having good accessibility too. As with everything, there's a minority that are rubbish, and if you've encountered these, please do complain to your bank, and if they still do nothing, then vote with your feet and move. Moving bank is far easier these days. From my personal experience, I bank with and find the following to have good accessibility for blind and partially sighted folks within the UK. Barclays, HSBC, Nationwide, NatWest, First Direct and TSB. I hope that's useful for folks. My key recommendation is to make sure that your banking app has instant payment notifications so that when you purchase something in a shop, you get an immediate text message notifying the amount so that you can double check and have peace of mind that you've been charged the right amount. I'd be happy to come onto the show at some point and drill into banking in a bit more detail if helpful. On an unrelated note, how do your listeners cope with the joys of festive Christmas decorations? I was chatting to a blind friend who struggles when offices and shopping centres put up random Christmas trees in the way of his usual routes and that he often finds himself being garroted by tinsel. Whilst we can decorate our own homes, it's more of a challenge when the spaces around us suddenly have these sort of festive hazards. Cheers for now. Regards, Paul. Isn't it interesting how something so simple that you, you know, most people wouldn't even consider, like, oh, we'll just put up a Christmas tree in the middle of the town square. Isn't that beautiful? How quickly that can just upset our entire apple cart. Yes. Because suddenly our route is blocked and we don't know why. Yeah. And, you know, and no one tells you. Unless you know the town and unless they do it in, you know, in our town where, where I live, thankfully all of this is generally off the street, you know, kind of generally in the areas where you're not going to be walking around. I mean, there's a there's a park, a very small park in the centre of our town where they have the Christmas tree and they have it in the same place every year, which is on the grass in the middle of like a triangular walking area around the park. Right. So it's yeah. perfect, actually, because you can sort of go up to the tree if you want. You can see it. You can watch the lights be turned on. You know it's there, but you're never going to be walking anywhere near it. But that's not the case in a lot of places. And all this festive stuff. And it's funny, we we went to a restaurant. I was telling you we were out in Edinburgh a couple of weeks ago. We went to a restaurant and they had wrapped this lovely garland all the way around the stairs. And we needed to hold on to the banister to get down the stairs. And we couldn't. We couldn't hold on because there was nowhere to hold. It was literally just all oh, this big course. garland. Yeah. All very lovely. But a nightmare to try and get up and down the stairs. It's true. But then you feel like, uh, oh, can I really complain about that? Because it makes Well, exactly. Sad. I know. And it's, it's that balance, isn't it? It's that balance of, well, yeah, I, I suppose the thing is, what do you do? I mean, what can you do in that situation? 
Because there's, there's that temptation to say, this is an absolute disgrace. But then you think to yourself, yeah, but it's not. It's just it's, it's people putting up festive decorations. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but it's, it's a bit needless at the same time to do it on a handrail. So you could argue, did you really need that? Yeah, you could have yeah. put it somewhere else where it wouldn't get in the way of people. But This was a restaurant, by the way. It was downstairs. Didn't seem to have a lift option either. So I must admit, I was... Thinking about when we got into the restaurant, I was thinking about you know friends of mine who are in wheelchairs, thinking the same you know how how would they have got in here? Yeah, the answer is they probably wouldn't have. So they you know, wouldn't. bigger accessibility issues for sure. Of course, but um, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting uh, on the banking point. Um, now, Paul, I, I, we've had the, the joy of meeting, and he does. He works for one of these like like a serious bank. You know, like you know the you know the serious banks have got like big buildings. He's like in oh, one no. of those. Is he? Oh yeah, is he, like, is he a proper grown-up adult? Big grown-up guy wears a suit and things. You know, he's one of no. those kind of people. Yeah, what? And he listens to us. I know. I don't get it. What oh, are these thank people? You, Paul. You know, these are smart people. Why are you listening thank you, to sir. this? Give us a job. <laughs> what, what on earth would we do in there? What do they need? Do they need a podcast? Do they need an in-store radio station? <laughs> Welcome to Bank FM, where you'll find your bank will be a broadcasting. Uh, anyway. He's on a hold up. Um, uh, yes, uh, it, it's it's slightly <laughs> difficult to talk about banking because of the the the, you know, the differences depending on where you are in the world. That's the that's thing. right. Yeah, that's what. But, we but actually, no. About. But what Paul's done is brilliant because he's kind of started off for us. So maybe other people in the around the world could engage with us and maybe tell us you know, your experiences. And please don't send us any personal details. But, you know, if you if you know of a bank that is particularly good and accessible, you know, has a good accessible app, good accessible website, then let us know, you know, in the States or Canada, let us know what you're yeah. using, New Zealand, Australia. I mean, people are listening to this show all around the world. So tell us where you are and what bank you use or have used in the past that have um, that has, has been good for you. Because I think it's it's just helpful to all of us. You know, Paul made a good point. It's very easy to shift banks. It is, but I would say it also isn't. You know, I think there's the because there's the fear. I mean, let's say for example, you move to a bank, and it's inaccessible all of a sudden. You just didn't, and you don't know until you sign up. Until you get there, that's right. What do you do yeah. then? So you know, I get it. I do get that. Yes, it is easy to switch. But if you move to a bank and you find out that it's inaccessible, you've got a problem. I feel a website list starting to be a creative. Website? Oh, yeah, the website. I need to uh, update that. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Just remind <laughs> me to do something. Sore nerve, yeah, though. no, no, it's my own fault. I, I, honestly, I've garroted myself. Never mind tinsel. I've garroted myself <laughs> with a website. <laughs> it's Christmas. Content it's coming soon. Um, okay, thank you for that, Paul. Very interesting uh, chat. I uh, look forward to hearing more from you. Uh, Brian got in touch. He wants to talk about games. Hi, Stephen and Sean. First, as Doofus here did not realise you were back on air until a few months ago, I feel like I've missed out, but enjoy the podcast much and think it a great service to the blind and visually impaired community. So many things I'd love to say, but today just wanted to make you and listeners, if you choose to actually read this, aware of a video game that's almost completely accessible called Hearthstone. And no, I do not work for them. I am much more of a tabletop board gamer and was even a microscopic cog years ago in arguably the most popular board gaming podcast and Hearthstone is almost like a card game ported to a video game format. I think of Hearthstone as an offshoot of the Magic the Gathering card game but done better in video game format. 
The game is made by Blizzard slash Activision, and note that the video game itself is not accessible. However, there are wonderful people in the Blind Geek community, led by someone calling themselves end underscore EFX, and they create, in appreciated timely fashion, updates in a mod that go over the top of the game and make it accessible. The original coder, who called themselves Guide Dev, wanted to make the game accessible for NVDA users and did so, but it also works with JAWS, as another blind geek friend uses that. While I indeed needed my wife to install the Hearthstone program, our coders provide regular updates so we can play what I consider a great game. I used to play this PC-based game with low vision when it first came out, but as I lost my remaining focal vision very ironically in 2020 and had to retire a tad early after 32 years in stats at higher ed, I stopped playing until my screen reader-dependent skills in NVDA improved, and this mod came out. Note, this game is not for everybody, as it's a turn-based collectible card game with only around 90 seconds to take your turn, and you are using fantasy-style minions to attack your opponent to win. Once you learn the hotkeys, though, you can fly around quickly. I love it, though. Note that the game is free to play, but many users use real cash to buy more cards. Some don't like that, so if you don't, this may not be for you but by just playing, you do get free cards. Also note that I am 99% sure Blizzard is aware of this, but hasn't stopped this mod, as they have not issued a and d to our coders. Also note, though, that if and when our heroic coders tire of doing this, there is no guarantee that the accessibility mod will continue, but I am fully enjoying the geeky ride with a game I rather like. It would be lovely if Blizzard did this in-house, as friends who actually code at a video game studio tell me how much of a pain it is to do the -the over-the-top coding for the mod. That's it for now from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Brian Counter, and everything I do is counterproductive. Oh, oh, that's clever. Very good. That's very good. Um, from Champagne. There, I've got to say, this episode is very exotic. Isn't it just Miami? Today. Champagne, yeah. Illinois. Champagne. I know. Where was Paul from? Uh, England. Ah. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, you, could... can, you can react like that. <laughs> I yes, could react true. like that, yes. but get in trouble. From you. How cool is that? Those coders that, that take the time to do that. And how annoying is it? Of all the talk we've had recently about gaming accessibility, that it's down to lone coders to take up the, the, uh, the task of making a game like that accessible. But thanks for the info. It's really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And... Um... Yeah, it makes me think a little bit of the accessible YouTube project, you know, the the program we've been talking about, a piece yes. of software that you can download makes uh, YouTube accessible. I kind of get the impression YouTube are aware of it, but they're just not bothering with it. And there's probably a bit of that going on in the industry across the board, where there's a little across bit of just... Across the board. Oh, uh, yeah, but you know, I think I think there's a little bit of looking the other way. Let's just put I'm it that way. I'm quite surprised, to be honest, because um, certain companies are very, very protective of their IP and anything like that, even if it's for such a good cause as this, can um, yeah, can only, come under fire. Well, see, Sorry, see that, that that YouTube program. I think the mm-hmm. one thing they could do to secure their future is build in the ability to sign in to your YouTube account. I think there'd be a lot of value in that, and it would allow people to have access to the premium services. I know at the moment that one of the benefits of that app is that you don't have the ads, but to me, that is exactly the reason why YouTube are going to come after you. Do you not? You know what? I haven't noticed. You don't get the adverts. No, you don't get the ads. I don't know how they get through that, but you, 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 they don't, you don't get the ads on the content. You just watch the videos. Okay, let's not talk about that then. But no, but, um, but, yes. I, but this is my point, right? If this app goes, 
then it's it's not great for us, right? So the way to solve that problem would be to just figure out a way of signing in, right? Just sign in to the, your YouTube account. Sign in and let the ads play. And then, because it's yeah. still at the well, end no, of the day. No, it... no, but no, but you could pay for premium, as I do. I pay for, I mean, that's the I, thing, I'm, no, paying I'm paying for premium. For premium no, well, YouTube, I am. That's ridiculous. But I'm paying for something that I'm not even getting access to. So if I make YouTube playlists or I want to watch specific stuff or go into my history of YouTube and watch something I watched previously or whatever, I can't find it because I'm not signed into my account. I'm with you now. So it'd be okay. good to actually build that functionality in, and I think that would secure the future of the app. Hashtag just saying. No, oh, well done. I like that. Is that new? Yes. Well, <laughs> I like it. New to me and you. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, stick around. We'll come back with more. This is Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Time. Now, back to the show. Hi, guys. This is Chris, one of your biggest fans. I thought you'd like a little holiday cheer. I just wrote a little poem, and it's kind of reminiscent of a little bit of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And so this is called Ode to a Tech Instructor. Twas the week before Christmas, and all through the land, there was much to be done and much to be planned. Computers and smartphones arrive in the mail with hours of setup and transfer detail. With keys and with passwords so often reset, I started the process but broke out in a sweat. And what to my wondering ears gave a start? A ho-ho from Tech Santa with quick mind and kind heart. On voiceover, on JAWS, talk back and narrator, Let's not argue about which one is greater. The updates installed with nary a hitch on all those devices with not even a glitch. It's a tech show, honest. Happy holidays. Wow. Well done. Oh, That's yeah. nice, Chris. I like that. Thank that you. That was really good. Excellent. Thank you. Oh, that is wonderful. Chris there uh, getting in touch. One of our greatest fans. That is uh, a high, high meaning to us, I tell you. That means a lot that you say that. And uh, yes. yeah, thank you so much for that, Chris. Um, okay, now, who has else? Uh, lots of you have been in touch. Dean has got in touch from New Zealand. Are you in trouble again? Usually oh, when Dean gets in touch, no. you're in trouble. Uh, this is about Be My AI, though. So um, let's see if it's all about that or whether you're also in trouble. Merry Cherry Christmas, Stephen, Laura, and Long Nose Jim. First of all, I'd like to extend Christmas wishes to you all. I'm sure you will be in for a terribly exciting Christmas Day and other holidays you have at this time of year in the UK, including New Year, of course. Isn't it interesting how we all only know what we know, such as Longnose Jim saying he couldn't imagine Christmas not being in the winter? It would be very colourful with all the Christmas lights glistening in the snow round your way. That would be the only good thing about winter at this time of year. I hate winter with a passion. I've only known Christmas at summertime here in New Zealand, visiting a lot of Christmas lights displays and obviously playing my Christmas music, which incidentally you can only start playing on the 1st of December and you have to finish it after Boxing Day. So, about seeing AI. How interesting that now the Android people are just getting it. I hope in return the Android people give iOS Google Lookout, as I've heard it's pretty good. Mm. Seeing AI has vastly improved since the recent update that I heard here on Double Tap, especially document mode, so extremely accurate. Even scene description is better, even though I don't use that a lot. OMG, I am absolutely just loving Be My AI. Just so incredibly accurate in so many different situations. 
describing photos in books and reading signs that you crash into in town. Well, best be off. Thanks again for so much of the wonderful content you guys produce each and every six days and 52 weeks of the year. I look forward to more ongoing great content and war stories about your travels. Oh, and technology stuff, of course. <laughs> thank you, oh, Dean. Thank you, Dean. You didn't get in trouble. Maybe he's in the Christmas, well, he's in the summer spirit, I suppose. Summer, that's just weird. But uh, yes, yes, obviously, uh, thank you very much. Um, seeing AI, I've got to say, I'm I'm sort of stuck on the short text channel constantly. Yeah, me too. It's just so good. I, mm. I I read a Christmas card the other day. You know the handwriting from it and everything. I mean, I didn't have to go to handwriting channel. I, the scene I, I don't really have a use for the the scene channel. But um, yeah, I seeing AI is fantastic. To, to me, scene is a bit like be my AI, right? I mean, it's not because it's not that at all. Because you know, it really doesn't give you that level of detail. But to me, that's what scene should be. Do you think? <laughs> no, you're absolutely sorry. I was just thinking. I just tuned out to whatever you said. Then yes, I agree. I'm used to that. <laughs> I was just thinking. Me, are you my wife? <laughs> yes, it seems so. Um, uh, I started using. What was it? Sarah asked me to scan something the other day. What's this? You know, uh, I've always got my phone on me, so opened up seeing AI, and for some reason, it must have been an update or something. But all the help screens had turned on and uh, it just took me back to what you said previously I was so annoyed trying to find that done button for every channel and what was it it was the handwriting channel I was looking for as well and um, yeah trying to get to it I had to go through like seven screens of done Done, 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 done. done. Uh, I know. It was for that Christmas card. It's all coming back to me now. It was for that Christmas card. I ended up just using the short text and it read it straight away. Yeah, That's that cool, cool that it read it off the short text, though. It didn't You didn't have to get to the... No, exactly. Yeah. Did it read the card text as well? Did it read it everything, did. basically? No, yeah, it read everything that was on there. That's, that's nice. It was very good. That's really nice. Um, okay, thank you for that, Dean. Uh, have a wonderful summer. And a uh, wonderful Christmas as well uh, in New Zealand. That sounds wonderful. I mean, I'm just I, jealous. I, I think I am jealous, yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous. Uh, listen, on the point of the show uh, and 52 weeks a year, yes, we are 52 weeks a year, actually. Um, I don't quite know how that worked out. I think I think someone's got a good deal out of this. Mr. F. Yeah. You're welcome, oh, Mr. Oh, F. you're listening, Mr. F. Yeah, that's your name. Oh, it is. F stands for 52. Festive. 52? That works, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah the word 50 starts with F. Yes, it does. <laughs> so terrible We're, at we're everything. getting tired. Didn't have much of an education in Scotland. Um, just being Oof. raised by wolves, mainly. Um, so, uh, I'm glad like, you well said educated, that. Well-educated wolves, to be fair. Yeah, uh, no, of course. Um, yeah, so we are going to be on uh, through the holidays. Uh, check out the website today because we are going to be uh, publishing a list of upcoming shows. I can tell you we're here on Christmas Day with a very special episode. Joined by Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amnuthan, hosts of Kelly and Ramia over on AMI-TV. And uh, they're going to join us for festive fun and frivolity. Mm. And maybe, maybe... I just I'm laughing because I know how you say that back to me. <laughs> I'm saying it in my I know, head. I, 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 I was, I was leaving say. a gap for you today. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
I'm coming back Maybe. next year with a new accent. <laughs> Today, I am going to be English. There you go. I was trying to be nice. I didn't even say it that time. Because well, I carry on. I Kelly and Rami are going to be with us, and we are going to maybe even talk about some tech as well. Although there's oh, absolutely well. no guarantee. We're going to no get around guarantee. the table. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about Christmas traditions and the family, what we all do. Uh, and we're going to do that on Christmas Day. So I, I guarantee you uh, it is going to be fun. And I also guarantee that you will probably want to get a drink and sit back in a comfortable chair and get some paracetamol because you'll probably end up by the end of it saying, wow, what a conversation that was. But yeah, I'm I know what it's like when we all it. get together. I can't wait. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Check that out Christmas Day uh, on AMI Audio and on a podcast. And we're here right through as well. So we're here right through uh, to the new year. And uh, there's lots of episodes coming up, including a very interesting one on gaming, actually. We know we talked a lot about gaming. We're going to do a whole show on gaming in the new year as well. And don't forget as well, 4th of January, we're going to be live for two hours on AMI-audio. And Hooray! obviously we'll be uh, live on the well, on the podcast. You'll be getting a chance to hear that episode, uh, which will go out live from 12 noon Eastern till 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio on the 4th of January to celebrate World Braille Day. Can't wait. World Braille Day being celebrated. We are going to be uh, having contributors from across Canada joining us for the show. And we're going to be hearing from uh, experts. Experts, Sean. I know. Us. Yes. No, definitely not us. We're going to be hearing from proper experts. People with, like, professor in their title. Oh. Joining us to talk about the history of Louis Braille. Uh, Very interesting conversations coming up there and lots more besides. But we'd love your views on this as well. So get in touch with us. If you're not able to listen to us live, maybe you're outside of Canada, can't get the live stream, don't worry about it. It will be podcast. But if you want your voice as part of this, if you're passionate about Braille, I'd love to hear what you've got to say. And I mentioned this yesterday, but I'm mentioning it again because I want to. I really want you to get involved and have your voice in this. So leave us a voice note. Tell us what Braille means to you. And specifically, I said this yesterday, but specifically what it means to you. So maybe you've learned Braille. Maybe you've started using it for a a particular purpose. Maybe there's some reason you're using it. Maybe it's just a single purpose you're using it for. I'd love to hear about it. What does Braille mean to you? Why is it important? Why must it continue? So email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call 1-877-803-4567. That's 1-877-803-4567. That is our listener line. It's available 24-7. You can call us leave a voicemail and we'll put that into the show or send a voice note to our email address feedback at doubletaponair.com we're on social media as well we'll be picking up your messages there and all of that will be part of our special World Braille Day two hour live special on AMI audio 12 noon eastern on the 4th of January and on podcast uh, straight-ish afterwards ish ish I better set an alarm actually I know I can't be late I can't be late for that one no it's live Live, you say? Live, I say. It's gonna be great. Uh, okay, on to an email from John, who wants to pick me up on my comments about Plant Pot Man. Hi, Fitzappers. I feel the need to stand up for the Plant Pot Guy. <laughs> for someone who makes a big deal about not being judgmental, it seems you are very keen to cast judgment on him. Ha. As someone with a sighted wife and only sighted friends, it drives me mad every time I go out because I am constantly being told where to go or being gently pushed in the right direction. My mobility skills aren't great and I'm terrified of going out on my own, but it is hard to really improve them unless I'm allowed to make a few mistakes on my own. There is nothing worse than snapping at someone for trying to control you only to then walk straight into a bollard. 
Going out with a cane for me is like playing pinball. Every time my cane hits something, it's like the ball hitting a bumper and giving me points. Every time I am nudged in the right direction, it's like someone has snatched the ball away at the last moment and put it back on my flipper. Sure, there's no danger of ever losing any balls down the hole in the middle, but there's also no satisfaction to be had. So, I can see myself as plant pot guy, being on a mission to try to do something independently for once. To call this pride feels like the kind of thing a sighted person would tell me. It's not always a matter of being efficient. Sometimes it's about just doing something for yourself, no matter how badly. How else are you going to improve or gain confidence? So, hail to the plant pot guy. May he walk around the pot as many times as he likes. While I'm on about it, I am not convinced that these canes that give you lots of extra feedback are for me, but can someone please invent a leaf blower attachment? That I would buy. <laughs> on the subject of gaming, I was a bit of a closet gamer when I could see. I loved it for a way to wind down after a day at work, but I never really wanted a challenge. I just wanted something nice and easy to do to relieve the stresses of the day. The last proper game I played was The Last of Us Part 2, which was amazing. But although it felt like something a totally blind person could play... I still had enough sight as long as I had the high contrast mode on. I never really got on with iPhone gaming. I'd recommend Blind Drive, which is short-lived but nice and simple. Timecrest was good but felt a bit like reading a massive novel with enforced stops along the way. Not much of a game, but an enjoyable story. The thing that stops me carrying on with console gaming is that there don't seem to be enough games on a single platform to warrant the cost of buying a new PS5 or Xbox whatnot for the privilege. Like Matthew said the other weekend, it's also hard to know what I would genuinely be able to play as I am now unable to see anything on a screen. I agree that when something is said to be playable by a blind person, then that doesn't necessarily mean it is good for me. Some blind people also seem extremely determined to play something that's not really accessible. For example, I asked what games were available on audiogames.net and was pointed at a game that was supposed to be perfectly playable. Someone had written a very long and detailed guide about how many times you needed to press down or up on each menu before pressing X to select. Fair play to them, but that's not how I would define accessible. For something to be of interest to me, and I admit I am quite lazy in this regard, but it is supposed to be fun apparently, a game would need to be playable from start to finish without needing a companion study guide or help from a sighted person. I'm just not convinced there are many games like this. I spend most of my day battling away with accessibility issues on a Mac, and I have no intention of doing so under the guise of having fun. One example from when I could see, I loved the Yakuza games and was playing through the second one. I got all the way to the final boss fight and was really enjoying it. The very last part of this fight, though, had a quick time event where buttons would flash up and if you didn't hit them, you had to start the entire fight again. So Oof. although I got sighted assistance in the end, this does illustrate how even a small misstep can render a game effectively broken. Given how long it can take to play a game all the way through, there's always the danger of an accessibility showstopper. I should say, the Yakuza games are absolutely bot for the blind. Oddly, they were the last big gaming series I played, even though they are mostly voiced only in Japanese with subtitles and have lots of inaccessible minigames. But, on the other hand, where else can you run around the red light district in Tokyo chasing down an errant robot vacuum cleaner? Or distracting a crowd so a human statue can sneak off for a wee? You could even visit arcades and play all the old Sega games like Outrun, Super Hang-On, Space Harrier and the like. I know you're talking. Yakuza 0 was also unusual for a game because it featured a blind girl. She wasn't playable and you had to lead her by the hand through the streets to avoid the onrushing Yakuza. I'm sure at the end she randomly regained her sight too for the sake of a cheesy ending. 
not quite all the light we cannot see. Anyway, I enjoy the rare times you talk about this subject. Keep up the good work and all that kind of thing. John from Northampton. Oh, exotic Northampton. Thank you, John. Uh, plant pot guy, explain yourself, Stephen Scott. Well, before, can I just pick up on the game thing? Because I'll forget. And I oh, want you'll to. forget. Okay. Um, it was a long one. The, the games, uh, I'm really glad you said, John, that you enjoy the conversation because I often, I'm unsure as to how people react when we talk about gaming. But I think that there's a lot of us out there. It's becoming apparent to me anyway. There's a lot of us out there who are, I like how you put closet gamers, and probably did that as an aside. Just you know, maybe picked up a game, not like into it in the way that you know the people we talk to are. You know, like proper gamers. This is what they do. They review games. They play games. They love games. They live in this world. For for a lot of people, it's just something they pick up at the end of a day, just to enjoy, just to relax, to chill, and. Um, I think that's the bit of it, you know, it's, I'm 100% with you on this because I am I think to myself, I don't want to have to learn or, or pick up a manual in order to play a game. I just want to do it. I just want to have some fun. And I'm with you on that. I find that quite difficult. You know, it, I kind of attribute the same with when we talk about screen readers or you know, things I've talked about in the past. You know, when you... you you look at Jaws, for example, and it's brilliant. And Jaws is amazing as a screen reader. It is incredible. But you really do need to spend a lot of time learning to use it properly. And that's okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just, why can't, I mean, it, it's not, like an iPhone comes with no instruction manual. And think about how powerful an iPhone is. Same with an Android yeah. phone, with a computer. You don't get an instruction manual anymore. You don't get the 700-page book that comes with it. You just kind of discover. And I feel that's something that's missing sometimes in these things. And, you know, maybe that's a different topic. But I think for certainly in gaming, I agree with you. I think that, you know, the whole thing's meant to be about having fun. Pressing, you know, X, up, down, left, right, 50 times to get to where you're going. I don't know if that's necessarily fun for me. But it is for other people, right? It is for other people, and that's okay. So, you know, I think accessibility for one is not necessarily accessibility for another. And that's the nuance inside our world, right? There's not one answer. No, definitely. I think a lot of people feel the same as you as well, John, when it comes down to, well, if I outlay the cash on this, how many games have I, excuse me, how many games am I actually going to have access to? Yeah. How many games are accessible? Look, there's no doubt that accessibility is evolving at a very quick rate in gaming, but are we there yet to, you know, for that investment? I'm not entirely convinced myself. I think you're not alone. Okay, so as for Plant Pot Guy, um, so I'm kind of with you on this one, John, because I, I do accept what you're saying about your feelings about going out. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm, we are forever being pushed and pulled in one direction or the other. Hands, that, that thing you said the other day, Sean, about, you know, the, the train doors open and the zombie hands just come out and grab you and drag yes. you onto the train. Yes. Um, I, I totally get that. And, and it can be great and infuriating all at the same time. Yes, the, the especially plant- if you don't want that tram. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> You're just walking past. I just stand by the door to listen to the announcement of where this tram is going and suddenly I'm in it. Yes. <laughs> Heading somewhere totally different. But with Plant Pot Guy, there was that kind of, you know, not I don't want to say arrogance, but there was a little bit of, oh, no, 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 I'm, I know what I'm hole. doing. 
Oh. No, but honestly, it, it was different. It wasn't a case of this was a he guy who just what he was doing. wandered he was, in. And he was, doing he was there for thing. like half an hour. That's the well, point. He was learning it. How long does it take to learn something? He wanted it to know that exactly. big a plant pot. But it doesn't matter, Stephen Scott. He, didn't climb, oh, he, he, he should have climbed inside it then. He should have been investigated inside the plant pot as well as oh, outside if he was going to get into that level of... Ridiculous levels. I am plant pot guy as well. But you would accept help. Well, only if I, uh, I yeah, okay, uh-huh. it, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you don't know why he was travelling around the pub. No, this I mean, look, a, I, I, do, I imagine a he's a guy. No, no, no. But, but I think he's probably, I think true he's life. probably a guy who's just used to doing his own thing, and he's probably just gets so fed up. Well, good for him. With people saying to him, "Hey, you know, do this, do that," because we we all do, right? There's a little bit of no, I'm fine. Um, and, and I do, I do get that, and I appreciate that. And you know what? Maybe I'm being a bit unfair in the plant pot guy. I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I am plant pot guy too. And, well, it's just, I, I, and, no. and in fairness, I will say this, and I will say this in fairness. I was in a different place back then, so I was more on the sighted side than I was on the blind side. That's the truth. Oh, so maybe well, I was leaning towards very the, brave of you to say well, that. No, but I was. I was. I had more vision then, and so maybe I was being the, the sighted person in that room. And not the I'm blind gonna, guy. Maybe I wouldn't gonna, have done that today. I'm going to flip sides now. How come whenever I get lost in a hedge? See that that's funny. And now 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 you're taking plant pot's side. That's not fair. But but, but with you, it's ridiculous. I've confused you now because you don't know where I'm coming from. <laughs> I don't really know where you're going with that. <laughs> no. but, but I don't think you do. I actually know where you're going. Either. But here's the thing. I and that's ironic <laughs> in many ways. But. I, I just think that when it comes to this kind of stuff, yeah, I mean, look, I, I get it. Yeah, I think the time, the plant pot guy situation, to me, felt ridiculous. I don't know how I'd feel about it today. The irony today is I wouldn't have seen him, so it wouldn't have bothered me. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer right there. <laughs> Can I just say as well, on that, that London trip we did recently, and I popped in and visited my family, in, in the train station, um, uh, couple of members of my family actually they actually picked up my cane so i didn't accidentally hit people on the feet when we were walking oh, through because wow. it was quite crowded and that's the first time that's happened and i had to bite my tongue now i don't know if i should have bit oh, my tongue have I, should, no, I should I have just have, said it but <laughs> it was so basically it's like I'm, I'm i'm even blinder now you're holding my cane off the floor so i don't accidentally hit people Get do you know that, do you know that feels like when it ha- has happened to me twice, and when it happens, it feels like someone has lifted my legs up. It's like I've got no ability to. to, to <laughs> floating in the yeah, air and have no right. idea what's going to happen next. Like the when the what was it the roadrunner ran off the the mountain, just keeps running when suddenly there's no ground left below him. It's like <laughs> yes. oh no what? That's that's kind of what I felt. Uh, I, I, I the joys, that. yes. And the amount of times I've had to yank the cane back and say no, you don't do that, and you know. <laughs> That usually... so are you talking to a dog? Would you do <laughs> no, bad boy. But I, I do. I get very... Just in that moment, I'll just be like, no, you don't do that. You do not do that. Absolutely wrong thing. You know, you just don't do that to someone. Mm. Um, do you say that when people offer offer to open the door for you? No. When you're in a shop oh, or something? Enough, I'm okay with that. I don't... I hate well, actually, it. yeah, but well, I was going to say it's it depends on what you mean. Because if they open the door and you don't know the door's open, because oftentimes they just do it, but they don't speak. No, but even when they say, shall I get the door for you? And you say, no, it's fine. And they do it anyway. Yeah. It makes it harder. 
because you don't know where the door edge of the door is, for example, and you got to feel. It's just how do you how do you deal with this though? Because honestly, what is what is you know we all talk about oh society has to fix everything. This this mantra that I hear these days, which really irritates me, because I think well what what are society to do? Do they just leave us alone? And do we want that? Do we actually just want society to just leave us alone? And you go yeah yeah I'd rather that. And I'm like but, but do you really do you really want that? Because I, I, yeah. I don't want the world to just stop helping. And there's times where I've struggled with a door trying to find the handle and I'm feeling up and down, left and right, yeah. trying to and find so the says, handle. Oh, let me get that for you. And it, you, you, know, you don't want suddenly for the world to go, well, you're on your own. You figure it out. No, it's true. Yes. Oh, it's, because, life is tricky. Yeah, because yeah, I think it comes down to the simple thing of we're people, right? And, you know, well, just, just having a conversation helps. Just the, the ability to speak to each other rather than just assuming or not listening to what I say back. No, no, it's fine. Honestly, I've got it. Listen to what I'm saying. Um, okay, let's listen to what Tracy's saying. Uh, she's got some iPhone oh, that was good. issues. Um, I want to uh, ask you what you think about this. Uh, here's Tracy. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Thank you, Laura. I recently got an iPhone 11 using iOS 17.1. Haven't used one before. I have taught myself to use it and was going well, except when I am on a call, either me calling or someone calling me, when talking, it hangs up. I'm using VoiceOver. have tried to look in accessibility settings and general, but can't find any way of stopping it. My face or ear must be touching something. Wondering if you or any listeners can help. Thank you, Tracy. Now, I thought this was interesting to bring up because mm. today you were changing your speech rate while we were talking on your phone. So um, any thoughts on this one? Yes, it's incredibly annoying. Um, the proximity sensor at the top of the phone is meant to turn off all screen interaction at that point, but sometimes it doesn't. It's like when you hold the phone up to your ear and suddenly the speakerphone comes on and deafens you. Um, why would it hang up, though? That's um, the same thing, is it not? Well, you would hear it, though. You would hear the contact, you know, voiceover would speak that you're actually on the end call button. It would seem, if that is consistently happening rather than every now and again, I mean, uh, yeah, that seems very strange. Of course, you could um, do the home gesture while you're in a call, which would just take you to the home screen or lock the screen even, um, in which case you could still carry on the call, but the, the, the phone would be locked, so you wouldn't accidentally activate it. But when it comes to hanging up, you would have to unlock the phone and then magic tap to hang up. Um, but no, there isn't a, a quick answer for this. I thought it was going to be that you couldn't find the buttons because I think, is it by default, the core is in the top of the screen rather than full screen, which can be an issue. You can change um, that, though. You can change that. Do you remember where that setting is, though, Stephen's got? Because um, for the life of me, I'm no. assuming it's in settings and phone, somewhere in the phone options. Well done. Um, make sure, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming <laughs> it's in it there. Be in the, the phone thing might be in the phone well, settings. Some, no, 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 no. The settings is quite confusing, I, actually. I, I'm sometimes criticizing it's in this, and I have no idea the answer, by the way. So, you know, I'll just shut up. Yes, I think if this is a consistent problem, unless our listeners know better, and they usually do, yes. if it's a consistent problem, I would suggest you just lock the phone. The, the, the side button doesn't hang up the call, does it? No, I don't, and I don't think you can set it to do that. No, it does decline a call. So if it's ringing and yeah. you press the side button, it will reject that call. Um, if you press one of the volume buttons, it will silence the ringer, but the call will continue on. Um, but yeah, if it's a consistent problem, I would suggest locking the screen while you're in a call, but it does as add that extra step of having to unlock and then magic tap to hang up. Do you uh, do you have the allow, uh, or, or what is it, switch to speaker in call setting? Do you use that? I, yes, I, I have it. 
I have it as auto. So if I move yeah, it away from it. my ear, yes. And I've I've played with never allowing the speakerphone on because it does get annoying because it does, as I just mentioned, it switches on and off sometimes when your ear is <laughs> against the phone. But um, I find it more useful actually to leave it on auto because there is a lot of times where I'm taking a call and then I'll put it down on my desk and continue on on yeah, speakerphone. I like that. Uh, listen, we're out of time. Thank you so much for all your messages. Uh, do keep your comments coming in and also uh, send in those messages as well for World Braille Day, our special episode on the 4th of January. Ideally, send the messages in now so we've got them in advance for the live broadcast and to get your voice into that episode. It'd be lovely to hear from you. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us one 4567 That's it for today. Sean, thank you as always. Very thank interesting. You comments from you all and uh, we'll get more on tomorrow's show as well as we head up to the holidays oh, I'm excited don't know why but I'm excited good happy Christmas thank you <laughs> hi I'm Red Sale inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.